If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. My name is Brenda, and welcome to Horrifying History, where you will hear about the unexplained, paranormal, and supernatural happenings that has stained the pages of history. When people think of a haunted place, cemeteries usually come up. There's a lot of dead bodies there, so it must have ghosts, right? Well, according to lore, ghosts usually haunt the places they died or suffered trauma, and this doesn't normally happen in a cemetery. That is usually where they go after all the bad happens, but it doesn't mean that cemeteries are not haunted. It doesn't mean that when you go visit your loved ones, that you are alone. Welcome to episode 26, Haunted Cemeteries. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In Scotland's capital city of Edinburgh, ghost stories run rampant. The epicenter of these tales surround what is considered to be one of the world's most haunted graveyards. In the city's historical centre on top of a hill overlooking the new portion of the city sits Greyfires Kirkyard. Greyfires appears from the outside of its gates to be an idyllic little cemetery dating back to the 1560s, but it draws a steady stream of ghost hunters, believers in the supernatural, and TV and movie directors. Why? In the daytime, Greyfriars is a beautiful place, 
but it does reveal hints of its bloody and dark past. Most of the hauntings are linked to the ghost of George McKenzie, who is otherwise known as the McKenzie Poltergeist. He is considered to be one of the most aggressive and active paranormal figures in existence. In life, George was a judge who presided over the Presbyterian trials in the 1670s. At that time, Presbyterians had petitioned the king for freedom to practice their religion without any interference. But the crown saw this as a rebellion, and the man who was nicknamed Bloody Mackenzie was the man who decided on their punishments. He personally ordered the imprisonment of 1,200 Presbyterians in a field right next door to Greyfriars. The prisoners spent over four months outside with no shelter. They were given a daily food allowance of just four ounces of bread. The conditions were considered so inhumane that that prison is often described as the world's first concentration camp. Most people who entered never left and died either by execution or by poor treatment. Now, ironically, George Mackenzie himself never left either. George was buried in what is called the Black Mausoleum at Greyfriars, which is just around the corner from the prison. It is said that his spirit still roams the area, but he doesn't just appear, he attacks people. The attack supposedly started in 1999 when a homeless man broke into the Black Mausoleum, which resulted in him unleashing the evil that was once George. When the man attempted to break open George's casket, he fell backwards into an old pit that contained the remains of centuries-old plague victims. He ran screaming away from that casket, the mausoleum, and the cemetery forever. But since that event, Greyfriars has been the center of many strange events. Visitors who go into the cemetery leave with bruising, scratches, and burns of unknown origin. Some pass out, some get sick but most of these things happen right by the Black Mausoleum and the prison. There has been two attempts to do an exorcism at the Greyfriars without any success. But this isn't the only darkness that this cemetery hides. In the early 1800s, the University of Edinburgh's prestigious medical program was flourishing and started a local underground trade in corpses stolen by body snatchers. They were sold to local students, and it started getting so bad that families had to start boxing graves in iron metal cages, which were called mort safes. These were to keep their loved ones at rest. But with darkness comes light, and also in this cemetery, there is a bronze statue of a very noble-looking terrier. This statue is for Greyfriars Bobby, who famously stood vigil over his owner's grave until his death 14 years later. Now, for you Harry Potter fans, this cemetery is just steps away from what is now known as the world-famous Elephant House Cafe, where J.K. Rowling wrote the first lines of her series, Harry Potter. Amongst the graves in Greyfriars is one for a man named Thomas Riddle, who die-hard Harry Potter fans believe was the inspiration for the birth name of Lord Voldemort, who's the villain of the books. Many people regularly make a pilgrimage to that grave, leaving Tom notes, flowers, and gifts. So, with wizards, puppy dogs, and poltergeists, who wouldn't want to go visit? Well, after the attacks of the cemetery escalated, the city of Edinburgh decided to close the prison to the public. Then they relented, so now only allowed control visits via their City of the Dead ghost walk. Perhaps when you're there, you can go say hi to Voldemort.
In Salem, Massachusetts is the second oldest cemetery in the United States, and it's called the Old Burring Point Cemetery. It was established in 1637 and is filled with famous names like John Hathorne, who was a judge during the Salem Witch Trials. Hathorne is best known to be unapologetic for his involvement in the trials, even on his deathbed. From the headstones of the accusers to a memorial for the wrongly accused, this cemetery will take you back to a time and place where the line between gossip and the truth was blurred. All the gossip resulted in mass hysteria and 19 people being killed. The majority of these victims were dumped in the old Burring Point Cemetery. Originally called the Salem Street Burring Ground, this cemetery started out as a private family graveyard and it was acquired by the town of Medford in May of 1717. It is now the final resting place for many of the people that were involved in the witch trials, but many of them are just not at rest. One of these is the previously mentioned Judge John Hathorne. During his lifetime, he gained the name The Hanging Judge, and it is said that Hathorne is so often seen at this cemetery that he regularly appears in the photos that is taken of this location. In addition to him, there are plenty of reports of otherworldly activities that seems to have made its way outside the cemetery, including seeing unexplainable lights, feeling sudden drops in temperature, and hearing disembodied voices. It is said that the spirits from this cemetery now affects the neighboring residences and businesses. Now, one example of these is Murphy's Pub. It sits directly next door to the old Burring Point Cemetery, and it's said to have the spirits from the cemetery walk through their property. If you ever travel to Salem, a visit to this ghostly and historic cemetery is a must. While there, take a stop at the Murphy's Pub and have a drink for all those who lost their lives in the time of madness. Even though the victims from the witch trial are not buried there, it is a sobering place where you can see a memorial to lives that were cut short, and perhaps maybe you'll see some of those who made that happen. On June 18, 1812, the United States declared war on Great Britain and their colonies of North America. The War of 1812 lasted until a peace treaty was signed on Christmas Eve of 1814. The bloodiest battle of this war took place in an area called Lundy's Lane in Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada on July 25, 1814. This battle took place in and around a cemetery and a church grounds and resulted in almost 2,000 British, Canadian, Indigenous, and American soldiers either killed, wounded, or captured. Part of this was due to there was so much gun and cannon fire that the soldiers couldn't see clearly. For six hours, each side fired at each other out of fear and in frustration and just hoping that they would hit somebody. The siege ended with the Americans retreating as bodies littered the ground, but not all the soldiers left. Drummond Hill Cemetery is said to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in North America due to the Battle of Lundy Lane. In fact, it isn't just the cemetery. The entire area is well known to be haunted due to this event. 
The most common sightings include seeing a group of five soldiers dressed in the uniform of the Royal Scots limping across the cemetery, only to disappear in the distance. The other sight most often seen is a group of three British soldiers marching up Drummond Hill towards a building that's called the Old Lundy House that sits on the property. This house was used as a rest stop and a hospital during the war. Even though these soldiers may have left our plane, they still mean business. There has been many reports over the years that these three British soldiers will start running towards you and chase you out of the cemetery. Now, maybe the reason that you're going to get chased out is because they're trying to protect the land and the dead. It is said that many of the dead were buried where they fell, while others were cremated on funeral priors and their ashes and bones were buried in pits on this site. Visitors often report seeing orbs, hearing the sounds of men yelling, and seeing dark mists float through the property. There are also reports of hearing gunfire, metal-on-metal clashing together, and sounds of fighting. If you want to take a trip to see this site, there are dozens of types of tours available that will allow you to see this historical site. While there, make sure to stop to see the grave of one of Canada's first war heroes, Laura Secord. Now, spoiler alert for my Canadian listeners, she did not make yummy chocolate or ice cream. Now, everybody, please be respectful to this site since it is attached to a residential area and is an active cemetery. Now, if you decide not to be, you may be the next person chased out by the British. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. One of the most haunted cities in the world is New Orleans in the United States. Its oldest gravesite was established on August 14th in 1789 by Spanish royal decree, and what was called the St. Louis Cemetery is open to visitors and tourists alike. Considered to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States, this location is one busy place. In the span of just one block, this graveyard has over 700 tombs and over 100,000 dead and counting since this is still an active gravesite. The appearance of the cemetery helps create the illusion of it being haunted, with its broken cobblestones and crumbling above ground crypts. Its disorderly layout lends to confusion when you attempt to navigate it. Many of the family tombs bear cryptic symbols, and when inside, it's deathly quiet. Perhaps this is why people regularly have ghostly or supernatural experiences while there. With so many dead resting at this location, it's not surprising that these experiences could happen. But there are some ghosts who stand out. The most famous of these is that of voodoo queen Marie Laveau. 
Marie was born in 1801 and was the most revered at the time and still is considered one of the most feared voodoo practitioners in New Orleans history. As word of her power spread through New Orleans and the area, the more famous she became. If you had a problem, she was the person you had to see. The ghost of Marie has been spotted in many different locations throughout New Orleans, including strolling down the road past her old house at 1022 St. Anne Street. She is mostly recognized due to her wearing a red and white turban around her hair and by the bright colored dress she wears. Many people try to follow her, but she soon vanishes from sight. Within the cemetery itself, many people report they see Marie's ghost wandering throughout the crypts, and for years, it was regular practice for people to hunt out Marie's final resting place and mark her tomb with three X's while asking her for a favor. Legends say that if Marie decides to grant your wish, that you must return and place a gift on her grave. This behavior led to so much vandalism occurring that the Archdiocese in New Orleans decided to close the cemetery off from the public. Now, this hasn't changed Marie's mood, though. It is said that if you see Marie and attempt to distract or approach her, that you should expect to be pinched, scratched, or thrown to the ground. You see, I'd be pissed off if I were her, too, since somebody was damaging my resting place and then they asked me for a favor. Some people should consider themselves lucky if they only get pinched, since Marie is considered to be one of the friendlier ghosts that walks on these grounds. Our next ghost is actually full of sadness and tragedy. In the 19th century, Henry Vines was a sailor who was considered a nomad. While he was not at sea, he lived in a New Orleans boarding house. When he was away, Henry always worried about what he considered to be his important papers that he would leave at the boarding house. It started to bug him so much that he decided to ask the owner of the boarding house to keep these documents if he died. In these papers was documentation concerning his family tombs. Now, the owner of the boarding house promised Henry that there was nothing to worry about, that she would take care of everything for him, and she did. Just not the way Henry would have wanted. While he was at sea, the landlady decided to sell Henry's family tomb for her profit. When he returned home, he discovered her dealings and he tried to rectify this issue, but he could not, and very soon afterwards he became ill and passed away. He was no longer in possession of what he expected to be his final resting place, and he didn't have the money to build another. So Henry ended up being buried in an unmarked grave in the pauper section of the St. Louis Cemetery. The ghost of Henry is still seen over a century after his death wandering the cemetery. He is described to be tall, with blue eyes, and his spirit is so strong that he actually speaks to the visitors of the graveyard. Henry will go up to you and ask you if you know where his family tomb is located, and he's saying he's having trouble finding it. Now, it's also said that Henry goes to funerals that are being held appearing behind loved ones. His apparition has been caught on camera multiple times, as well as his voice has been picked up on EVP saying he needs to rest. For the ghost of Henry, it doesn't appear that his rest will ever come. Another ghost at the St. Louis Cemetery is the ghost of Alphonse. Just like Henry, Alphonse just wants to rest. He is known to take visitors' hands in his, and he pulls them to a stop. He then asks them to bring him home. To which home? Nobody knows for sure if he means his home in life or in death. 
The reason is, is because Alphonse is most often seen taking the flowers off of other graves and put them on his own. So what is his story? Local lore says that Alphonse may have been murdered or betrayed by somebody in the local Pinhead family. Why? Every time a visitor steps near that family tomb, Alphonse appears to warn them to stay away. Our next story takes us to the lovely island of Barbados. In 1812, a wealthy landowner named Colonel Thomas Chase died by his own hand. He wasn't very well liked and was well known for excessive cruelty towards his slaves and having a horrible temper. About 12 years before his death, Thomas purchased a family burial vault and this was his planned destination in death. His daughters were already inside, and when the day came to bring in Thomas, the huge marble slab that covered the stairs down into the vault was moved. It took eight men to move that slab, and when they did, they had a shock. Sometime during the preceding month, all the coffins inside were moved and were scattered throughout the crypt, and this is where the story of the moving coffins of Barbados started. Four more times between 1816 and 1820, the Chase family vault was opened. Each time, the coffins were moved around. Researchers believe that the vault was built around the year of 1724 for a man named James Elliot, who never used it. After Thomas purchased this vault, the first resident was already there, Thomasita Goddard, who was laid to rest in 1807. Thomas decided to leave her be, and his own daughter Mary Chase was put in after her death in 1808. Sadly, Thomas had to place another daughter inside. Her name was Dorcas in 1812. None of these instances ever showed any evidence of vandalism, but when the vault was opened for Thomas, it did. Now the next to go in was an infant named Samuel Brewster Ames in 1816. Once again, all the coffins were scattered throughout. Thomas's coffin was said to be actually leaning up against a wall. Everyone was promptly put back in their spots and the crypt was closed. Then, the next and last resident was Thomasina Clark and she was put inside in 1819. Once again, when opened, it was a mess. Now officials decided to investigate. They found no secret passages and no other way to access other than the large marble door. That's when they decided to test the integrity of this crypt. Sand was raked smooth across the floor to try to see any footprints, and then the marble slab was cemented into place. In 1820, the vault was opened up again to check, and nothing was disturbed but the coffins. Once again, they were scattered all over the place, but there was no mark showing their movement or any footprints at all. It was decided this time to remove all the coffins and bury them separately to ensure they stay put. It was also decided to leave this vault unsealed, which it is to this day. Various researchers have suggested natural explanations like earthquakes, which was quickly rejected because Barbados is not seismically active or maybe water got inside and caused these coffins to float out of spot. 
that also has been rejected due to the weight of the coffins in question and the lack of evidence of any sitting water. So, was it poltergeist like local lore tells? We'll never know, since no original sources for these tales have yet to be found and everything is based off local folklore. Gettysburg is considered to be one of the most haunted areas in the United States and is said to be plagued by paranormal activity. This small town was the site of the bloodiest and most important battle of the United States Civil War, and this turned the tide in favor of the Union forces. It is estimated that between 46 and 51,000 men were either wounded, killed, or went missing during this three-day battle, so it shouldn't be that surprising that this blood stained the soil and is the location for so many hauntings. In this area, cemeteries are some of the most active supernatural hotspots for the same reason as Drummond Hill Cemetery in Niagara Falls, Ontario. The Gettysburg National Cemetery itself is the site of almost 4,000 Civil War graves. During that battle, thousands of soldiers' bodies lay across the land that is Gettysburg, and many soldiers were buried where they fell. Sometimes these sites were marked, but other times they weren't. Rain and wind quickly started uncovering and then exposed the remains. The residents of Gettysburg started to fear disease. They called for a proper cemetery to be built, and reburials started occurring four months after the siege. It was soon decided that the Gettysburg National Cemetery would be a Union burial ground and that the bodies of the Confederate dead would sit in their makeshift graves until Southern Veteran Society started repatriating the bodies in 1870. Sadly, though, many of these men never left. It is thought that the violent and painful deaths that they suffered combined with the delay in proper burials resulted in many spirits remaining. The ghosts in the sleepy town of Gettysburg did not start appearing following this battle. This town actually had its fair share of bloodshed beforehand, and in fact, the first documented haunting led to the battle itself. As the story goes, the 20th Maine Division was marching towards Pennsylvania when they came upon a fork in the road. Not sure which way to go, they decided to ask a mounted rider who was coming towards them, but he looked off. He was acting a little unusual and was wearing an old-fashioned uniform. He directed him in the right direction, though, and offered to bring them to a top of a local hill called Little Round Top. This is where the main division became famous for repelling one of the very first assaults on Union lines. As they followed the rider, they started to notice an eerie glow that came from him. After they arrived, the rider disappeared, which made the soldiers positive that they were directed by a ghost. An investigation was started by Abraham Lincoln's Secretary of War. During this investigation, the Secretary spoke to one of the heroes of the battle, Colonel Joshua Chambers, who commented on not knowing what mystical powers are possessed by those who are with the dead at Gettysburg. The ghosts of Gettysburg are still believed to linger on the grounds of this bloodied battle. When you walk over the 10,000-acre battlefield, you will see where thousands of lifeless bodies were dumped into mass graves. 
Now, over 150 years after this event, you too may see the soldiers who think they're still on duty, or maybe the ones who are reliving their last moments. Right at the entrance to the cemetery is a building called the Cemetery Lodge. This building was the place that held all the unclaimed personal items from the soldiers who were killed during the Battle of Gettysburg. It is said that people report hearing footsteps on the stairs of spirits who are upset that their belongings are still being held there. Often, people report hearing the cries of babies. It is thought this is because many civilians were killed by stray bullets, and some of these were children. Within the cemetery itself, the most famous ghost was that of Captain William Miller. William was so active in the cemetery that a psychic was brought in, and this psychic said he was upset because his awarded Medal of Honor was not listed on his headstone, and this is why he's not at rest. His accommodation was added, and the haunting stopped. He finally could rest after he received the recognition he deserved for his deeds. So, is this place haunted? The answer is, it's very likely. With the sheer horror of what these people experienced, it's very possible that many of them didn't leave. I myself hope that someday these souls can rest. It makes me really sad to think that they're likely still fighting in war or suffering their last moments for all eternity. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our last story today comes from Los Angeles, California. Near the entrance of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, there's a gift shop that sells maps to show where the dead are buried. Now this map, it's like the who's who of the afterlife. Among some of the most famous residents is actress Judy Garland, actor Rudolph Valentino, and voice actor Mel Blanc, who was the voice of Bugs Bunny. This place is a tribute to the legends that are interred there, but it's also said to be haunted. There are three different entities who haunt the grounds of the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Now, to make this more interesting, the Paramount Studios is located in very close proximity to the cemetery, and it is said that this is the most haunted movie studio in the area. Local lore tells that the spirits are walking through the walls of the studio, coming from the cemetery. It is reported that usually they're wearing clothes that are from the 1930s and 1940s and that you can hear their footsteps as movie equipment turns on and off. Another ghostly presence is a man who passed away in 1966. His name is Clifton Webb, and his claim to fame in life was he was in three different movies. His bigger claim to fame came in death when he started haunting one of the mausoleums on the property. People report to hear whispering voices, strange lights, cold drafts, and the smell of cologne coming from in and around the mausoleum. Now, in death, Clifton's a busy man since he doesn't just haunt this graveyard, 
but his old home as well. Another famed ghost on the grounds is of a lady named Virginia Rapp. On Labor Day of 1921, Virginia was invited to go to a party that was being held in the St. Francis Hotel. It was a celebration for Roscoe Arbuckle, who was otherwise known as Fatty Arbuckle. Arbuckle was a well-known comedian, actor, movie star, and is still today considered to be one of the all-time greats in comedy. But overnight, he turned into public enemy number one. On the day in question, Virginia had to go to the party. After all, there was going to be so many famous and powerful people there. But at some point during the party, Arbuckle and Virginia went into a bedroom. Several minutes later, guests heard Virginia screaming. They rushed into the bedroom to discover Victoria was still clothed and writhing in pain on the floor. Arbuckle told everyone in the room that he left to use the bathroom, and when he came back, he found Virginia unconscious on the floor. Now, he thought she was just drunk, so he picked her up and carried her to the bed. This is where she started coming to, and she fell off the bed and started screaming. This is also where Virginia said the words that would haunt Arbuckle. He did this to me. Arbuckle then left the party, and guests presumed that he was telling the truth. The girl was just drunk. But then, Victoria's condition got much worse. Three days later, her friend Benbina Delmont took Victoria to the hospital and told the doctor that Virginia was raped by Arbuckle. Now, Victoria was fully examined, and there was no evidence of a sexual assault, but a day later, Virginia died from periodontis, which is the inflammation of the lining of the stomach cavity. This can typically be caused by a bacterial infection, either by blood or after a rupture of an abdominal organ. Now, what people did not know at the time was Victoria suffered from chronic cystitis, which is often caused by infection. After her death, Arbuckle was charged with first-degree murder, which was later reduced to manslaughter. Morality groups started demanding that he face the death penalty, and movie moguls ordered for him to be shunned within the industry. Why? Well, according to the press and the prosecution, Arbuckle, who at the time weighed about 260 pounds or 118 kilograms, pinned down the helpless Victoria to rape her, and he ruptured her bladder. The problem was that this case was completely full of holes. The chief accuser, who was Virginia's friend Bambino, was a convicted criminal who publicly admitted she plotted to use this as a way to extort money from Arbuckle. It also came out in court that the prosecution used intimidation tactics to force people to testify against Arbuckle. Now, even with all this, Arbuckle was tried three times. The first two were hung juries. The third resulted in acquittal. The jury also decided to write an apology to Arbuckle, which said in part, a grave injustice has been done. Now, he was cleared, but Arbuckle faced financial ruin and the public was still convinced of his guilt after all of this was said and done. And to this day, people still believe that Arbuckle had had something to do with Virginia's death. But... This is why people say she's not at rest. Around her gravesite, some people immediately notice a very cold chill in the air. Some people also hear a woman sobbing, and they believe it's Virginia who's crying in anguish over her career and life being cut so short. It is said that Virginia also haunts the St. Francis Hotel. Visitors report seeing her roaming through the hotel, tearing her hair out and plotting her revenge. So what about Arbuckle? Even though he was acquitted, 
Arbuckle's performing career was over. Then, in 1932, he was hired by Vitaphone Studios to do features for the Warner Brothers Studios, but then he passed away on the night following the completion of his first project in 1933. But, just like Victoria, Arbuckle has not left our plane. The studio where Arbuckle worked was turned into the studio where the soap opera As the World Turns was shot between 1999 and 2010. It has been reported from those working on set that they would see Arbuckle's ghosts walking through the studio many, many times throughout the years. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you all for joining me for our latest episode of Horrifying History. I would love hearing from you. Have you ever had spooky experiences in a cemetery? Have you been to one of the sites on our list? Or have you been to one that's even scarier? Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to tell us all about it. Now, I want to thank you all for hitting that subscribe button for my podcast. With each subscribe button hit, You're allowing more people to learn about this podcast, and when you hit that button, it automatically downloads our upcoming episodes on the day of release. It's a great way not to miss our next episode, The Hills Have Eyes, The True Story of Sonny Bean. Feel free to reach out to me anytime at horrifyinghistoryatoutlook.com with any comments, questions, or story ideas. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you for listening today. And until next time. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.